Welcome to the Larbert Oaks Mansion Ghost Tour. Built in 1887, five generations of Farsleys have inhabited this mansion, and an unusual number of them have met their deaths under suspicious circumstances. Bad for them, but good for me. Otherwise, there wouldn't be a ghost tour. <laughs> there are over 20 suspicious deaths. So during the tour, why don't you guys stay close by? We wouldn't want to make it 21 tonight, would we? <laughs> it's just after 10 p.m. This is the adult tour, which means you can drink if you want, and we can say whatever the hell we want. <laughs> WebEx. Sorry? WebEx, like WebEx Spooktacular. You can say that because you said we could say whatever the hell we want. I'm sure. Or the fucking mid-season special? Yeah, I guess. You know, there are no rules about swearing. Awesome. But let's do try and keep the comments and questions related to the ghost tour, okay? Now, uh, if you'll follow me. Now, unfortunately for the wait staff, our two most off-sighted ghosts reside here in the dining room, or as we like to call it at the Larbert Oaks Mansion, the dying room. <laughs> Any of these little fuckers ever start 7-0 with seven-week highs in a row? Not to my knowledge. These are the exact dishes that were set out for Eliza and Henry Farsley the night they met their untimely demise. I guess Henry should have swiped left. <laughs> Any of these fuckers like cooking up a huge fucking trade? Can I talk to you for a second, please? Excuse me. glad you're having fun. It's interesting, the leagues. You're ruining the tour. I work really hard at what I do and you're totally insulting it. Stop trying to be funny. This is the worst day I've had on this job. If you want to stay on this tour, shut the hell up. You got it? Yes. Good. Exactly to the day, three years later, just as she predicted it. And the only witness the exact same Charles Croft who had seen her mother's fall. Does anybody have any questions? Not trying to be funny. Not trying to get a laugh. Don't want anyone to have the worst day at their job. But do any of these fuckers plan on beating the pirate crew or the insulin pens this year? No, they don't. Okay. Cool. I just asked you not to do this. I'm just asking you to use a little bit more judgment when you talk. I don't know what's going on. Somewhere our wires got crossed. You said we can say whatever we want, and I'm saying WebX Spooktacular fucking mid-season special, and you're getting mad. Look, I've had enough. Okay, you're done. Look, we're sick of listening to your crap. Okay. Now get on. Spook 
spectacular midseason special. It's that time of the year. The jack-o'-lanterns are lit. We got the candles burning. The bones are rattling. I something. Uh, but we're here. It's post week seven. It is the middle of Web X. Somehow we've already made it to this point. And as we've kind of seen from the almost beginning of the season, uh, this has been a weird one. This has been a weird one. And we aren't any less weird now than we were a few weeks ago. So uh, part of that comes with dominant forces, one in each conference and a very weird middle tier and a very low bottom tier, but we're here to break it all down. And with me is, of course, Frazier Fresh. What's Yo. up, Frazier? Not much. It's crazy that we're halfway already it goes so fast every year um and you also forgot to mention that this satanic rituals are being performed <laughs> there's plenty of satanic rituals the web x has lent itself to the mid-season spooktacular this year more than ever we have a lot of satanic activity happening we're going to talk about some of that today Joining me and Frazier, Caleb, I mean, it's a tradition at this point. Caleb's out trick-or-treating or something. He's he's missing it. Uh, out, but, out killing himself or something. <laughs> <He's Whoa. laughs> it's, it's really going for it. Uh, yeah, so hopefully we get him back next week uh, to be determined. But uh, we have two very special friends of the program and honestly this is the perfect situation for the webex mid-season special baby because we have on one side of the aisle from the pack five leader of the insulin pens papoose i can't wait until i beat dan the championship and you can call me supreme ruler of the insulin pens (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, speaking of, uh, how about on the other side? It's Tim's biggest rival, leader Carter. of the... <laughs> Carter, <laughs> leader of the pirate crew. It's Dan, baby. We got them both. Yeah, Tim, I'll believe that you'll beat me when I've seen you do it more than once in ten years. So, <laughs> hey, me too, man. Don't worry. <laughs> I heard uh, that if you pretend to be confident you'll eventually become confident. I love how quickly you just shut down when you're in the presence of Dan. He gives you one jab and you just cower away. You're like, yeah, you're right. It's, it's real tough to talk shit when the guy's got your number. That's when the best shit talkers are made. (laughs) (laughs) We're working on it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. The two top teams in web joining us, the bitter rivals, WebX, the storylines are already setting themselves up for postseason time, but we have an entire half of a season to go. So let's take a look at what the league looks like halfway in this year. Uh, We are going OG format on the midseason special. It is a 12-to-1 rundown. 
Week seven games may make an appearance along the way, but this is not the focus this week. This is all about the teams, where they sit, where they're going, what needs to happen for each of them over the course of the next seven weeks. So without further ado, let's dive right in to team number 12. And it's been quite the fall from playing in a championship game not even one year ago to being the bottom team in all of web halfway through WebX. That is the Fresh Prince currently sitting at 0 and 7, negative 8.54 war plus, 12th ranked offense, and the 10th ranked defense. Man, what a fall. He blew it up and he blew it up right. What's going on with the Fresh Prince? This is the price to pay for beating everyone to the to the little mini rebuild here in the offseason, beating Mingo to the race. He was it's gonna go through a rough year and he has he has sent uh, just about everybody out of there. I think CAH is the only remaining guy from from that. Uh and it's been rough. This team looks really gross on paper. Um it's looking like it could be long term, but few bright spots. He was able he's been able to pile up a lot more first than I thought he would be able to, I think. Um, and the the little Chris Olave move has looked really nice so far, too. So it was always going to be a long year. It has proved to be that. I honestly forgot that he was 0-7 just because it's just like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, we have an 0-7 team? So, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a rough last seven games, just like the first seven, maybe even more so. So I was crunching the numbers on uh, some of Parker's lineup and his roster composition here. Uh, here's some figures. Uh, 12 of 16 players in his starting lineup for this week, he picked up off of waivers this year. 21 out of 30 players on his roster have come off of waivers since the start of this season. I think that about sums it up. It's like you just read through the screen right to my note sheet because that's where I was going to go next. This lineup has been in flux all year. This guy's been working the fucking wire, man. He's 0-7. That does not stop him from picking up guys like Geno Smith, Kenyon Drake, and all of these older, you know, resurging talents perhaps. And what the result has been is a lineup that is incredibly pieced together. It's a little disgusting. He's forming it into something gross. And you really believe that you can bring life to the dead? That body is not dead. It has never lived. I created it. I made it with my own hands from the bodies I took from graves, from the gallows, anywhere but something that is a living thing similar to Frankenstein's monster. That's what this team has been all year long. It has been just this reanimated, disgusting creature. Uh, and that's been the story for the Fresh Prince is piecing together these these lineups weekly. 
Tim, look so. who's in his flex spot. Darius Slayton back on this team. I love it. There it is. <laughs> the come around, the comeback. That's Too bad you don't have any firsts. I, I know. I should send them to him. I, as a man who blew it up beautifully, I love what Parker's doing. This is gorgeous. I love it. By the book, huh? To a T. Rack up the picks. Lose the games. Just full send. Pretty sure Parker has more waiver claims in his starting lineup than Tim made all of us <laughs> put together. I mean, no comments at, at that. Man, this guy was talking up Kenyon Drake on Saturday. He's excited about these guys, man. <laughs> pumped about Kenyon Drake. Pumped about Zay Jones. Did you see man. the the Brian Cook first overall? I, I, oh, I expected the Brian Cook. I was pissed, <laughs> but I expected it. Uh. So, yeah. Uh, long, long way to go for the Fresh Prince. I mean, 0-7, winless? Question mark? Anybody? There's, there's too many games against those other two. Yeah. I think it's the three of them. He could get one. Yeah, but the other teams have some good players. But it's it's possible. It I is. Think it's possible. I think it's I think it's a realistic scenario at this point. I uh, I even a blind squirrel finds a nut. I think he gets one. Yeah. I think he's got a like Dan said. Great chance of going with a big old Ulfer, but I think he's got to find one somewhere. Gonna be this week. He's gonna do the Colin thing to me. (laughs) I would cry. Oh man, it's been that kind of year though. I'm expecting some some crazy upsets yet this year, but um, well, is there the last thing I want to say with this team though? He's working the wire and he's already made so many trades. Are there more trades on this team? I was looking at the roster. I mean, Gino, maybe I don't, I don't know, but there, I mean, it's pretty bare at this point. I don't know if he's going to be working the phones too much down the stretch. Yeah. I don't know. Gino, maybe if the market picks up a little bit, maybe some of those defenders, those guys you could trade for like a fourth type of guys maybe that um dave's quarterback situation is pretty bad though so maybe gino yeah that's what i was thinking yeah i mean he's got this like fraser just said defensive guys for late picks he's got this zaire franklin guy who's got 72 tackles but otherwise it's pretty pretty rough and even zaire is somebody who's like he's been great but he's probably you know back to the bench or a fill-in role once uh shaquille's back yeah who knows if that's at this point he was trying to sell him on saturday i'll tell you that i was giving the sales pitch i was like is this papoose at the dealership because i'm enticed (laughs) it's working hey he has played every single snap though so i don't know yeah i don't know if he gets benched i'm not really sure how the nfl works in that regard how long do you guys think this rebuild is is this like a three-year job two for sure before he's like decent I don't think it's anything's happening till those 2025 firsts are on the team. Yeah. So four, four, 20, 25s. It's just kind of like, I just, yeah. I'm not, I, I'm torn on like the, yeah, I think he did a great job. Cause number one, if he was going to sell, like he did it, he beat, he beat the rut. Like he was the last person who was going to be able to do something like this, this season. As soon as he decided to do it, like 
I think it kind of shut down the market for anyone else being able to pull it off. But like, I don't know. I just, I guess I'm just looking for some thoughts and input. Like, isn't the point of like tearing down uh, a team that, that was a good team. Isn't the point to kind of make that, that do that so that it can be like a faster reload retool versus like this three or four year job. So it depends on the situation. Like Mingo is kind of forced into the quick one. It's a quick retool. Um, and it sucks. It sucks. Like it's very stressful to like try to piece, you know, do these little mini trades and I'm trying to still kind of compete and other teams are doing the same thing. And it's like if in, in the fresh Prince's position, man, he's like, I just checked out. I'm checked out for a minimum of two years and I'm going to build it back up. And by the time that the insulin pens and the pirate crew and the boys are sort of, you know, potentially out of it, depending on what happens, I'll be ready to go. I'll be ready mm-hmm. to go for the next era. Just store all that roster value and draft picks. I mean, we lock down the 2025 one. Does he have four of those now? Yep. Yeah, I think he four. does. Yep. Yeah. Four. Four. Only appreciate. Yep. assets mm-hmm. they don't get hurt right tim they don't break <laughs> yeah, they your don't, heart they don't get hurt and make you sad <laughs> but no yeah I, I agree with mingo whatever everything mingo said is spot on thank you welcome i love you well let's talk about another team that's been in i don't want to call it a perpetual rebuild but it's been a struggle a little bit and uh it's garrett wilson batman so Right now, Garrett Wilson Batman sitting at one and six, negative seven point six seven war plus. Offense and defense are both eleventh ranked. This team, since he has taken the helm, has never had a positive war plus, including in his eleven and three season. So when we talk about what a rebuild looks like and how you get to the point you want to go, we're sort of reaching a point now where with Garrett Wilson, Batman, where yes, it's, you know, one half of one year, but this is the kind of thing where we're seeing the league sort of shifting around. You're seeing some of these teams, including the expansion teams sort of gaining some value, gaining some hype potentially heading into 2023 where are we at with garrett wilson batman i mean where where is this team at in terms of getting to that point it's interesting because he definitely tried to skirt that middle for the longest time which is kind of how this happened and why his rebuild kind of didn't have didn't get quite the juice of a total amount of picks that everyone else has did but he's got like a 97 percent chance at Bijan. And that's all that matters. And maybe like the second pick. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> one, two. Like, so it's like a 90% chance at like one, two right now. I think his a... rebuild depends completely on that. If Bijan's a superstar, then I think everything else kind of sorts itself out. You know, there's been a lot of witchcraft happening in web this year. Multiple teams getting in on it. Gary Wilson, Batman, you're not hearing any anything out of them, but that's how you know the real dark shit's going on. This guy's behind closed doors. He's communing with the Dark Lord Bijan himself.
conjure thee to speak to me. Dost thou understand my English tongue? Answer me. What dost thou want? What canst thou give? Wouldst thou like to live deliciously? And it looks like he's gonna help him. It looks like he's gonna be there next year. Yeah, not the not the flashy ritual people. He's like tucked away in the woods. And, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like last week. We're like nobody's telling anybody that you're painting a fucking pentagram on the ground. And Carter's in a in a storage room in a shed in the middle of the woods somewhere, like chanting fucking <laughs> satanic shit. I love it. Carter is what he is currently going through. I mean, I know he's he's going to get Bijan, which might negate a little bit of what I'm about to say. What Carter's team is now is the reason I I tore mine down the way I did because why would I want to kick around a can in the middle of a pack for three years? I think Carter did tear it down. There just wasn't much to tear down. Right, but he just waited, and that was the issue. It's true. Instead of just hopping on to, like, remember two years ago when someone was barking on him for Buda Baker for like a really early second or like a late first and now what's Buda Baker? Sucks. And it took a lot of pod convincing to get him to take the dive on Diggs and that's gonna that might save his franchise that trade. And he got really lucky that I ill ill advisedly traded for Kyler Murray. <laughs> oh you're sorry you're so Carter generous. This Carter team is where I'm going to make my first pitch for something that I'm going to try to pound through this podcast. Uh, I think Carter should be a buyer. Uh, Like right now. Because right now this league is the market for like buying things is just dead. Like no, everyone wants to sell right now. No one wants to buy. And unless a team like Carter comes out here and starts making, making some moves for not necessarily this year, but like 2023, like I think there are players out there that a team like Carter could acquire for cheap that, you know, maybe they're not huge pieces this year. Maybe they're not a huge part of like a rebuild type thing, but I think could bring a lot of value to his roster in 2023 for an affordable cost. And the great thing about Carter's team is like he could afford to do something like that and not even lose out on that Bijan race because he's not making Parker's team better. He's making his team better. Yeah, because he's already and, got those two wide receivers they throw in Bijan with those picks another high one if he trades out the other ones I could definitely see that making a difference like I just don't feel like the picks are there I mean these first these first two early ones like yeah that's great but there's just not the volume there to fill out this roster with like rookies over the next couple of years so in my opinion to make it like uh truly a playoff team but I do think that there's things that he could do to put himself back in that playoff race for even like next year uh, with the talent that he has on the roster and those two early picks. So just something I'm going to kind of bring up maybe once or twice more on this podcast is I think with the trade market, how it is, I think there's some teams that could benefit from buying for next year already right now. Question. You said he's uh, not necessarily going to buy for this year. Are you saying you're not ruling out a play or a, postseason chase this year for this team uh no, I'm consult the that. playoff odds 
uh, I'm ruling that out. This team won't be good until he makes that, you know, until he has two top four picks next year. I think that's where I think that's where you're going to see the turnaround. But I do think on top of that, he could maybe make he could potentially make some moves that would make that next year team look a lot friendlier. Mm-hmm. And Carter's he's a big uh, zag when people are zigging guy. And like there's all these rebuild teams that got all these picks. Why not do something different? That's, I mean, I, we got to talk about it because the trade market right now in web is maybe unlike we've ever seen it before. It's, it's so congested. People are terrified to try. I mean, these mid range teams that are usually throwing, you know, firsts or whatever, trying to get a little bit better. They don't care. (laughs) They don't, they don't think they can get a little bit better. Not, not enough to compete with these teams at the top. So it's an interesting point that with uh, you know buyers that aren't looking to buy, values are kind of shot, and maybe these teams that are 2023 and beyond, maybe that's their opportunity. If if an if a money makers or a uh, keel pros are looking to get out on an older player, and they're not able to do that anywhere maybe it's one of these teams that comes to them and says you look i know you can't get anything i'll give you a a high second or a mid second or something take it or leave it it's interesting hmm Hmm. Hmm. david wilson someone's willing to have the balls to buy right now i i just think there's a lot of value to be had there's some names and the next couple of weeks, I mean, the trade deadline right now seems like it's going to be dead. It feels like it's going to be nothing. But if any of these middle ground teams stumble a little bit over the next two to three weeks and they decide it's time to maybe try to reshuffle a little bit, that creates almost a a futures market where... Suddenly, guys like Dalvin Cook or you know any number of players on the Keel Pros, the Rebels, I mean, all these teams ripe with these older talents that they were trying to compete with, if they suddenly realize that they aren't going to be in the dance, those picks or those pieces become available. And these teams that might use them next year might be the ones jumping in on the, on the uh, situation. So kind of funny because we went from an active trade deadline like five years ago but then all of a sudden it was like week seven you had the flurry of trades and it was like week two and then this yeah. year it was preseason <laughs> and now how funny would it be if the trade deadline for next year is the trade deadline the middle of <laughs> what does it stop we've giant. reached the full <laughs> circle now <laughs> all right um interesting conversations might not be the last time we have that Uh, and that might come up right now because we're moving on to the dynasty team. So, uh, right now, two and five, negative 5.79 more plus offense is 10th ranked defense is 12th ranked. Now there's a bit of a dark cloud hanging over this one because the dynasty team is having its best season ever. I mean, I negative 5.79 war plus, like whatever, that's not good, but it's progress for this team. And you were seeing signs of life with the talent that he's brought in, uh, especially in this last draft class. Well, Brees Hall, I mean, 
unbelievable here. Uh, tears his ACL. Horrible situation. I mean, we don't. There's no. You don't even have to get weird with this one. The horror is right in front of you. It's Brees Hall leaving on a cart. So, I mean, really unfortunate situation for this team in terms of this season. But we're starting to see the positive momentum here, and he's got draft picks coming in again this year. Is this one of those teams that maybe starts to look at what next year could be? Maybe this is the team that really starts to look at that. Yeah, that's the interesting thing with the buying for next year thing when you move on to these teams is these teams have a lot more like picks to spend on people in um but they own their own first and that's kind of a blessing in disguise with the Brees injury as sad as it was Collins team was looking like it could play itself into like maybe three or four slots in this draft and without Brees that is a lot less likely um so the only possible downside is Brees maybe has that like year one coming off of ACL where they're not quite the same guy. Um, so that's a possible negative, but this year it helps them um, improve that draft slot, stays in the Bijan race, even in maybe in the Jameer Gibbs race too for two. Um, and this year wasn't going to go anywhere for this guy anyway, so this could be not a bad thing. This team's been a little bit, I mean, Brees is is the worst, but, I mean, his whole draft class has been nuked. I mean, Traylon Burks with the toe, Jahan Dotson dealing with the hamstring. I mean, this is a lot of negativity. This team seems a little bit haunted. And when you got to turn it around, when you got to clear some ghosts out, who do you call, guys? You call the Ghostbusters. Yeah. Turn it around, Colin. It's going to be okay. We're calling the Ghostbusters, and 2023 is going to look a lot better for this team. It's going to be good for you, buddy. It'll be fun. Yeah. I think 2023 is the year. Like, at this point, that's four years post-expansion. Um, I think for we'll talk about it with Riley, I'm sure, but I think for both of these expansion teams, we're getting to the time where it's kind of starting to be put up or shut up. Like, I think they have they have the core. They have the assets. At this point, I think if we'll get to it with Riley, but I think if, for example, I think if Collins bad next year, it's because he's just choosing to be bad. Like I think, I think the core is there, the young talents there, the the assets to make something happen is there. I don't think there's any reason that Collins shouldn't be a competing team in 2023. Yeah, I definitely see him being one of those teams that is going to be in the middle of a pack, and you know sometimes things can just swing the right way, and things turn to wins, and he ends up being in the in the game. If we have another season like this, if it looks a little bit similar where teams in the middle are sort of all gelling together, this is the kind of team that rises to the top. And I mean, Herbie enthusiasm, same deal. I mean, a lot of these teams, I mean, we, David Wilson, Batman, we're going to talk about a lot of these teams where next year could look a lot better. And in a league that's currently shifting around and looks very unpredictable and weird, those are the teams with the young talent, the young stars that can rise up through this, you know, weirdness and and really seize control of a, of a new era of web. Yeah, I'm just before we move on to the next team that I just noticed here, the next three teams where it's like Colin Frazier, Riley, they're real fun because the next four teams after that are Kiel Pro Mingo, Josh Calvin, and yep. those are very different, opposite ends of the spectrum mm-hmm. with where they look like going forward. 
You had years of predictability, years of the same teams fighting for the playoffs. That eventually has to stop. And I think we're reaching that point now where teams like the Keel Pros, the Moneymakers, even the Rebels, they're starting to understand that that window might be closing even a little faster than they thought. And these teams are going to be there to, to pick it up. So um, let's talk about another one of those teams that's going to be there. I just mentioned them, and man, I might bet on this team over all the rest of them. This is David Wilson, Batman, currently 2-5, and five, but the War Plus here jumps up. We got all these you know, negative 8, negative 7, negative 5. Negative 1.83 on the War Plus. Offense is ranked 5th. This is a top five offense right now, and the defense is ranked eighth. And we're coming off of a 206-point performance, four, five points away from a weak high from David Wilson Batman. Man, this team, two and five, but don't sleep on them, man, because this team is ready to make some noise in the pack five. I wanted that week highs so bad. All of Monday, <laughs> I thought it was mine. I thought I was locked up. I, I went I went to bed. I'm like, good for Frazier. And I woke up like, oh, cool. <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> They're giving Micah another sack. Yeah. Oh, jeez. What? Yeah. Change Sack. So you'll yep. get that stack corrections probably tomorrow morning. Was that this morning? No, tomorrow morning, right? I, my score hasn't gone up. Anywho, back to Fraser. Yeah, my first objective each week is to lose. Uh, once that <laughs> is out of the question, then I want to just beat down people, and I want weak highs. So I really wanted that one bad. I would have loved it. You would have been milking the shit out of that one. Oh god, I, I wanted that yellow in the spreadsheet so bad. Man, it's amazing. It's amazing that this, I mean, the Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase connection, man, it's single-handedly accelerated this rebuild. I mean, you come out of seven years of domination and you easily turn it around. I mean, with those two trades alone and no offense, you know, no disrespect to to Papoose. No, please do. (laughs) Those two trades alone made this from, you know, we're going to try this whole rebuild thing to I'm ready to go two years, three years later. And honestly, even down the stretch here, there's been a lot of talk with this team, a lot of witchcraft. We got some weird shit happening, women crawling upside down, down the staircase and chanting in the gardens, all these gifts coming out on the weekends. But man, we got to go to the temple of doom. Not only is the ritualistic activity happening, this team is ready to steal some hearts in the pack five.
do not overlook the current bottom team in the pack five because they can do this on a weekly basis yeah this this season's gonna be fun because i mean they have they got tim and dave on their schedules but when they see those teams they're expecting to lose when they see me they need to win that game and when you steal it from them it feels that much sweeter it's almost as good as (laughs) winning when you're a good team (laughs) fraser got a taste of blood in that boy he is after it Oh, I oh taking down that herb enthusiasm <laughs> team, man. They oh, wanted so it, good. man. They were like, "We gotta win this one. We gotta <laughs> we gotta pick this one up." Nope. Yeah, my notes on this team are is that starting twenty twenty four, this is gonna be the scariest team in web, and I think it could be twenty twenty three if he wants it to be. So he's got those four twenty twenty four firsts. Like, it's just going to be a matter of how patient he is or how much he wants to get after it. Because, like, if he wants to make those 2024 picks, then you're probably still probably still two years out from being, like, a truly dominant team. But if he wants to turn those into something else, I think he could be there next year. And it is, it is 100% because of that stack. I rode that Mahomes-Tyreek stack for years, and it is a freaking difference maker. Like, it doesn't help with the consistency, but when it hits... Like he's gonna win, and it's just that simple. Like, Wait, I traded, I traded both teams' stacks to their play to their teams that they're <laughs> currently stacking on. Oh, what a what a trend! You imagine People should pay attention to that. Jamar and Joe. Yep. <laughs> anyway, back to Frazier. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I mean, I wrote it like, go, go get a running back. Go trade for a running back. 2023 might get weird for this team. I mean, we we saw the a legend, a legend of the program, JD McKissick, fall by the wayside this week, falls to waivers. But you go replace him with somebody, maybe throw one of those picks out and and plug him into the lineup, whoever that may be. I don't know, man. You talking J- about this year? JD will be back. Um <laughs> Just a temporary we, situation. Uh, we reached an understanding where we think we can use the waivers as a, a 34th bench spot for him. Because I don't think he's uh, getting it picked I'm up. I'm going to tell you that now that you said that, that is Parker's number one waiver claim. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Without so give a me a fourth for him. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. We'll see who comes available. I'm not scared to get a little frisky like some other teams. No balls. Like Speaking of no balls, next team, we're staying in the pack five. Serb your enthusiasm. Uh, with the loss to David Wilson Batman this week, falls to three and four after the three and O start. This is four losses in a row. War plus currently sitting at negative point two five. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Check your notifications. <laughs> Oh, you, you picked, little fucker. You pick. <laughs> oh, man. No, I didn't do anything. Really? <laughs> you just had to do that right now. Yep. That's fine. I'll let him clog your roster. You'll put him back, and then I'll take him up. I will. When I need him. Herb your enthusiasm. Negative 0.25 or plus seventh ranked offense, fifth ranked defense. So. 
Man, I don't know. Like, it's it's one of those things where, you know, the Dave Wilson Batman game, like, technically that's the worst team in the Pac-5 right now, but then it goes to show you that that's not a game that even a Herbier enthusiasm can really prey upon right now. He, We're getting into the playoff chances now, though. Uh, 6% chance here, so there's a chance, but... Um, I mean, what does this team do down the second half? I feel like we've sort of passed the point of making any sort of noise, uh, and trying to get into it, but maybe not. Maybe Ken Walker changed that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, I think the turning point in this uh, team season was the, the leaked potential JT deal, which was apparently just one owner away from being accepted, um, and this was the first taste we had of uh, contender Riley, and I don't know if he passed the test. He could have went out there, made some big moves. He was three and one, two. He had a 200 point week and a 190 point week through four weeks, three and one. Um, and I think he had a really nice deal out there um, for JT that he could have maybe gone and done, and he didn't. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he if he is going to be the kind of owner that can turn these like dan was saying you got all this ammo when are you gonna like with colin when are you gonna go do it when are you gonna do it he goes into the season we talked about it he's got the dynasty darling roster very young very ready to go and like we see in so many slasher movies the cast of teens gets hacked up and left in the dust. Let's hide in the attic. No, in the basement. Why can't we just get in the running car? Are you crazy? Let's hide behind the chainsaws. Smart. And that is exactly what happened with her beer enthusiasm. The inexperience, the youth of this team was not able to overcome the obstacles. And then he was not able to pull the trigger on any sort of move that could have maybe gotten him to the next level. So that's where we sit. He moves on and we go to 2023, basically. Yeah. Maybe it was just the fear of Dan and I at the top that kept him from making that move, but yeah, he's going to be a team next year. This could be okay. It, it really felt like he was right on the edge of doing something. And then that Javante injury just hit at that time, that right time that he's like, Oh, crap just lost this big piece like do i still try to make this push and he hesitated lost a couple of games lost hollywood and lost a couple of more games and now it's just it's just too late for this year um i don't know if he's playing scared to lose here um i've learned anything from watching football over the years scared to lose don't win might drop (laughs) there is something to be said about this top tier of the league scaring the hell out of people this year because that has been a thing i feel like all year but then you see teams like the milkers go out ship a first for Ramondre stevenson and it pays off in a huge way so i mean sometimes it just takes a little bit of you know you've done you've done this you've built it up you got this cabinet of picks you're ready to go eventually the cabinet of picks has got to turn into players that can play the game or you're just going to be picking forever. And I feel like this dynasty darling roster kind of epitomizes it for me because the dynasty darling folks are the ones that like to 
you know, make those draft picks and, and they don't really care too much about the winning aspect. And some of these teams we've seen really push the chips in before, maybe make some ill-advised dynasty moves in the spirit of winning. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm not, you know, kudos to him for sticking to his game plan. I hope it works for him, but that's, you know, you got a lot of picks to play with and you had maybe a Jonathan Taylor to play with even. I think another good example of that is his wide receiver core. Um, at one point, this was looking very, very sexy, and he has waited all this time, and like, it's kind of not as cool looking as it used to be. A lot of these guys have depreciated. I mean, Elijah Moore, very slow start. Chase Claypool, he's not as, not as quite the guy he was that we thought he was going to be after his rookie year. Um, like Jerry Judy hasn't really taken the next step into that we thought he was going to take. So, I mean, just waiting that time, you never know who's going to, because not all these guys are going to pan out. Um, so you just never, you never really know. And that's why I feel like when you get these opportunities, um, you got to take them. Got to have that killer instinct. Just gotta go got to go for it sometimes. I'm really killer curious to like that. which of these three teams, the Colin Frazier Riley, is the first to strike with that killer instinct next year. Cause I think I could see next year almost having this, like this reversal from this season. We just complimented Parker on, Hey, like you were the first dude to like have the balls to pull the trigger on the rebuild. You kind of cornered that market. I feel like you could almost start to see that in reverse next year with these three teams. You start to see these teams all of a sudden, Hey, I got the young pieces. I got the picks. Let's go be buyers. Like if you're the first one to strike on some of those opportunities, I think there's some value and opportunities there to be had as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see of these three teams, who's kind of got the balls to go out and make like that first big move to kind of say, Hey, I'm arrived. I'm here. I'm planning to win in 2023. Hey, before we move on to the next guy, I want to tell you right now who that person is. That boy's got that dog in him. That's Frazier. You have he's, one former two time champion and you have two expansion teams. I know which one I'm going to bet on. Just saying. I've dreaded more first than these guys ever will. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Wrapping up Herb your enthusiasm, though. Been a little bit of, you know, no balls, getting hacked up by slasher villains. But Ken Walker, man. Looks good. RB1? Are we ready? Dude. Give me another week. He's mine. RB1. Dynasty RB1? I I think he's mine, yeah. Mm, Took me a little bit to... I had him over Brees pre-draft. I I think he's as talented a runner as like JT. And honestly, I think that Seahawks team is better than the Colts. Uh, they're committed to the run. They're committed, seem committed to him. I just, he's, he's that good. I mean, they're going to sign because Penny plays for the Seahawks. So no, he'll, they'll sign Penny re-sign him. He'll get his job back. <laughs> <laughs> man ken walker falling to six that might be one we look back on in a couple years that's all i'm saying i mean so wide receivers going in front of him there and maybe he was one right there all along but um all right it's about to get a little more weird up in here because we are transitioning now to potentially even a different tier of the league this is the keel pros (laughs) uh Four and three right now, negative point 
Five five war plus. That's lower than Herb your enthusiasm. Offense is sixth ranked. Defense is ninth ranked. And he lost the he lost the game with the boys this week. It was uh the boys were down some talent, put up a pedestrian performance. The Keel Pros also down some talent, Josh Allen, but could not keep up with the boys even then uh 144 i think and another loss so i mean this is one of those teams where you go into this season thinking he's got a shot at maybe even competing for the pack five now he's going to be competing for a playoff spot Mm -hmm. somehow everything went bad for this team except for josh allen it's honestly an impressive string of bad luck uh with just the outcomes on this team um i've I've heard he's emotionally checked out of this season already yeah um but it is impressive that he's still out there he's working the the deals and he's making deals um like the one today that i really liked for his team with the trading uh brian burns and getting two high upside young pass rushers and i think he has the the team where he can make similar moves to that maybe see like a george kittle turned into a younger tight end um stuff like that so this year i don't see it for this team this year i mean i've 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 come on the pod each week and been like maybe it turns it on at the end of the at the end of the year and i i think this is the week that i'm pulling the plug on that it just doesn't feel like it's going to happen like you look at the guys that were like the cornerstones on this team last year like almost across the board Najee, gibson deontay kittle keenan just like there's just nothing happening and it is just, I've, I don't know if I've ever seen anything like it. It's just truly like just this across the board, just like you said, unfortunate outcomes and just puts them in a really tough spot. This this team is so horrifically unlucky that I think it needs to do a full burn down the house ritual. Josh Allen can stay. Everybody else might mm. need to find some home to get rid of the bad You're juju. You're saying fire sale. Bat, just, just to get rid of the bad juju. Here's he's got a, something hanging over it. Yeah. On top of all the bad luck he's had with his players, this all happens, and it happens right in the middle of like the deadest market in web history. Yeah. Yep. That's the thing. I don't think he could do it. He has to wait until no. next year. Yeah. Yeah. He's stuck. You can't sell any of these players right now. You need to wait for next year, and just like people have some like optimism going into the next year, and you know maybe at that point people are like, okay, Najee's healthy. Okay. Uh, Keenan's healthy. Okay, Kittle's getting healthy. Like I don't, you gotta have I don't know some optimism going into next year, and maybe one of these the last three teams we just we talked about maybe make a buy playoff of this roster. But he, like you said, for this year he's just stuck. A lot of negativity with the Keel Pros right now, and you know what that means. He's got that voice in his ear right now. Hi. You know, I don't want there to be any hard feelings between us. Hmm? You, you know what I noticed? Nobody panics when things go according to plan. Even if the plan is horrifying. If tomorrow I tell the press that like a... Fresh Prince. ...will get shot. Or a truckload of... David Wilson Batman. ...will be blowing up. Nobody panics. Because it's all part of the plan. But when I say that one little old insulin pen will die, 
Well, then everyone loses their minds. Introduce a little anarchy. Upset the established order, and everything becomes chaos. I'm an agent of chaos. Oh, and you know the thing about chaos? It's bare. KOC 2.0 is calling this team right now. <laughs> and I'm afraid for what might happen to him down the stretch here. But um, Najee Harris, man, what do you do? Does he, I mean, the, I've had some conversations with him about Najee. I don't know if anybody else has, but he didn't seem too keen on moving him early this earlier this year. But what do you do with that? That was your guy. That was his guy. He moves up in the draft. He plays an important role for him in the playoff run last year. And now we see something not like that at all. So do you sell? Do you look to pivot? Or do you hold? I mean, what that to me is the biggest question mark in this on this roster right now is what do you do with Najee? And then it all kind of follows suit after that. Hmm. I think you hold because I think he's higher on Najee than everyone else in this league, evidenced by the trade he made to get him. So I think that's probably still the case. Um, So you you hold and hope he's not Trent Richardson. Yeah, I say you hold because you're not going to get anything that's going to make you feel good. So you might as well just see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it it comes uh, just just, if, ah, God, words. Depends if he feels like he's going to bounce back. Like if he thinks he is, then yeah, you got to keep him. Like the thing is, is I feel like he's a slow start. Seems like the injury is just going to make this a lost year almost. Thing is, is like going into next year, if he starts off slow next year, you all of a sudden went from having a year ago this like top three dynasty running back asset worth multiple firsts to a year later you have somebody like I'm gonna say David Montgomery. Like I feel like he's very close to being viewed like that right now. Someone compared him to Josh Jacobs' career arc, and I was like, that's pretty good, too. Yeah, guess what? Josh Jacobs is younger than Najee Harris. Yeah. What? He's already had a full arc in his career. (laughs) He's still younger somehow. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, 144 this week, man. That was this team's lowest total, and this is honestly a common theme. This isn't the last time this is going to come up. This is this team's lowest total since week eight of 2020. You you have a lot of teams coming out of this week feeling very, very bad. And this is one of the worst cases of lose the... Well, no, I'm just saying, like... <laughs> a lot of teams feel bad, but this one should feel the worst. <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm just saying, man, that I know what he's going through. And I want him to know that even though he fucking bailed on us again, we still support him. And man, 14 per, 14% chance right now of making the playoffs. He's not dead, but that's that's not good. I wish you guys were like this to me in 2016. Let's also just be clear. Like, this team is not talentless. Like, regardless no, no, of the no. status of some of these guys, this is not a building from the ground up there's talent here there's assets here there's even pick like a decent pick cupboard here like this team can there's flexibility here that flexibility just doesn't exist right now that's uh, one thing i'll say about this need to do some things right 
that's one thing I'll say about this team is he has held on to those picks 2024-2025. I'm sure people have been going to him being like, look, you're struggling a little bit. You want this? I'll give you this for that. And he's like, I don't want to trade my picks. I think he kind of had a sense maybe of what was happening and he had enough, you know, uh, wherewithal and and patience to wait out what was going to happen to him. And now he has those picks and a lot of these teams in front of him don't. So that's one advantage that he does have. Moving on to another Pac-5 team, which currently finds himself ahead of the Keel pros and he's still hanging in there, but Reens Rebel Alliance four and three, but we're going down in war plus again. It's a negative 1.10 war plus. He's ninth ranked in offense, but third ranked in defense. So if you're noticing anything, it's at this middle group of teams where we got the four and three and the three and four. They're all so glued together, but the war pluses don't necessarily match the positions that these teams are in right now. But if you are the Rebel Alliance, you're entering the second half of the season with a 25% chance of making the postseason. What does he do for the rest of the way? I don't know. I think he has to stand pat and hope that these guys, I mean, Keep hoping that defense carries him. I love seeing this old school 2019 style Josh team back where it's just defense and Lamar, defense and Lamar. Um, so Lamar's got to heat up again and he's got to get uh, DeAndre Swift specifically healthy. He's got to hope Cam Akers gets traded or something. Um, but just another team like like Caleb where he, it's a little less dire, um, but... He's also, I just think, stuck with what he has. I wouldn't recommend making any moves, and I wouldn't, and I don't think there's any significant moves to be made. I'll take that a step further. Um, you said Stan Pat. Uh, I think when he made that trade for Godwin and Robinson, that Josh committed to being a playoff team this year. I think we've seen some wishy-washy out of Josh in the past. Um, I think he's emptied enough of that pit cupboard that. Like, we're pot committed. I would love to see Josh not second guess, don't hedge, fucking empty the clip, and do this season 100%. Because I think the re, I think the retool, he, this retool rebuilds been on the horizon for so long, and he's just wishy washed back and forth. Just fucking send it. Like, it's coming either way. So do this season all out. I guess yeah. that's that's what I would love to see out of Josh. Just fucking send it. He's got mm-hmm. the talent on this roster that he has those guys that just have the, the pop-off ability to carry this team to a win on any given week. Like, I know last week was ugly, but, like, more so than Caleb, I see this team as one whose players who have been a little bit slow lately. I see the, the, the DeAndre Swift coming back. Lamar Jackson's been slow lately. Like those are the guys that can come in and pop off for this team and just carry it to a win on any given week. I would love to see him just fucking commit to that and just fucking send it for this year. Someone's got to be that fourth, fifth spot. Like mm-hmm. Someone's got to be there. It the, be just yeah. The interesting thing, too, is even though his playoff sims gave him a 25% chance, teams like Mingo in front of him are kind of 
downgrading their teams a little bit. So maybe that's not a true uh, percentage. Maybe it's more like 40, 50, especially if he makes some moves, he could even raise it a little bit more. Uh, also to quote my friend, Josh, uh, fuck the advanced stats. <laughs> yeah, Amen. I, <laughs> I, uh, I, w- I won't beat a dead horse and you guys are both right. It's just jo- Josh's team is better than I give it credit for. I'll say the that. Defense is back. Man, he went uh, he went into the season as sort of that sneaky team, always kind of under the radar, and he made that move for Chris Godwin and Allen Robinson, and that sort of told you where his mind was at. And, I mean, like Dan, I agree. I think that was the move that sort of told you exactly where uh, he wanted this season to go, where he thought it could go. DeAndre Swift has not been in the lineup, and he's still 4-3, and three, and now he's coming back in the second half of the season. That's going to be a huge uh, advantage for him now. And, you know, this, this game this week, it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't great going up against the, uh, the insulin pens and finds himself maybe a little bit sort of lost in the woods. He got a little bit of a head start. He's walking around. He's feeling confident. Now he's kind of swirling around. He doesn't exactly know where he is with these last two losses. It is hard for all of us to hold it together. We need to get out of here in one piece, and this is not helping. You're not telling me anything I don't know. Why the fuck? What the fuck was this loose jelly shit all over my shit? Let's go. If we keep going south, we will get out. No, that's the tree we crossed. That tree is down. That's the same one. Oh, God! No. But the good news is they were losses to the two best teams in the league. And he has an opportunity now to bounce back, uh, uh, you know, with some teams that are maybe struggling a little bit with Herb, your enthusiasm and the keel pros. So I think you can feel pretty okay. You're feeling pretty decent right now. If, if you're the rebels and in two weeks from now, if he's, you know, six and three, then I think you're feeling real good. We also forget that Josh doesn't need a forest. He needs a single tree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Last thing with the Rebels, though, I just because I, I have it written down and I said it last game with the or with last team with the Keel Pros, a lot of teams found themselves in some unfortunate spots this week. And the Rebels this week, the 123 that he had this week, that was his worst total since week 7, 2019. A lot of teams, they're coming. We're all coming out of this week, man, feeling like shit. And then we realize that everybody else did the same damn thing. This week, this is the lowest scoring week league wide of the season, and one of the lowest in uh, almost two years. So, bad week overall. Shake it off, everyone. Um, speaking of the money makers, another team that had a horrific week, um, and for more than one reason, it was a loss this week, back to back. Uh, currently sitting at four and three with a 1.35 war plus offense is fourth ranked defense is sixth ranked 
But that fourth-ranked offense might be a little bit of a lie because we lost an MVP, a face of the franchise, a differentiating player in Travis Kelsey heading into the week. It was teased on the Week 6 podcast that this may be coming. The momentum was building. People caught on. And then it happened. Travis Kelsey no longer a moneymaker. And Kyle Pitts joins the program. So there's a bit of a a dark cloud now hanging over this team. And as much as anything else in a playoff race and whatever else goes on for the next seven weeks, there will be a sense of grief hanging over this team. And grief has a way of manifesting into horrific, horrific things uh, like the Babadook. If it's in a word or it's in a look, you can't get rid of the Babadook. If you're a really clever one and you know what it is to see, then you can make friends with a special one, a friend of you and me. His name is Mr. Babadook, and this is his book. A rumbling sound, then three sharp knocks. Ba-ba-ba-duk-duk-duk. That's when you'll know he's around. You'll see him if you look. This is what he wears on top. He's funny, don't you think? This is going to be a great pot. I can feel it. (laughs) Every time you record it, you're like, this is weird. This is janky. And then it gets put together in in the app. And then it's like, oh, that makes sense now. Yeah. Things above Tim's comprehension. Hell yeah. You know what I am going to comprehend, though, is that when Travis Kelsey retires his insulin pen and that dark cloud gets to hang over the moneymakers the rest of their existence. He's a one-day guy, man. One-day contract. Always. I've already already talked to him about it. Already talked to him about it. Will we just keep trading roster spots back and forth, Julian Edelman and Drew Brees style? Yes. You need to stop doing that. There needs to be some sort of... I mean, respect, sanctity. I mean, we should let these guys retire on the teams that hey, want to pick them I up. Might put it in the, I might gonna, put it in the rule book. You shouldn't gonna, be able to play you, around with that. I'm going to let you in a blow. secret. I don't, respect, I don't respect shit. Fraze, you mentioned with the Rebels that these playoff odds that came out maybe are a little bit deceptive. And the Moneymakers came out here with a 65.8% percent chance of making the playoffs um but the team in the last two weeks man has been horrifically bad like i said this was the first time that the team was under 150 points in back-to-back weeks since 2018 uncharted territories for the for the money makers and honestly i just want to understand what you guys think is happening because it's all black over here. I don't think anything anymore. I just think about death. It's been a weird year for you. I mean, that average has dropped from you were at 184 two weeks ago. That's down to 171. Um, so that can show you how maybe those playoff odds don't fully reflect what this team is now. Um, and it's it's just been strange. You may you go out and make that Devin White deal, trade that 2025 first, kind of put yourself in a little bit of a corner. Um, and I think the 
the Kyle Pitts trade, while it definitely base it throws in the my team, I don't expect anything of it this year. I just want to sneak into the playoffs. Maybe something happens, it throws in that, but I love taking the risk on Kyle Pitts, and those are the types of risks that you're gonna have to take if you want to pull off this quick like retool i don't have any of my own first so i need to stay good but my team has gotten a little stale so i need to inject a spark you got to take risks to pull that off and that kyle pitts trade was the kind of risk that that's going to take so i think that whole injecting a spark thing um i think this mingo team's been great about doing that over the last couple of years and that's why i think Mm -hmm. things aren't quite as dark as i feel like he thinks they are right now like, I know we've kind of compared him to, like, those late Frazier teams of, like, the, what was it, 2019, 2020, where it was just, like, it was it was stale. That was the, that was the word. And I don't think this team's there. Because you know what that Frazier team didn't have? It didn't have a Trevor Lawrence. It didn't have a T. Higgins. It didn't have a George Pickens. It didn't have a Drake London. It didn't have a Kyle Pitts. It didn't have a Devin White. Like, those are all young players that I have a lot of confidence in moving forward. And I think, I think... Orf sees his team as having this aging core of like Aaron Jones and Delvin Cook and Mike Thomas. And it's like, no, your team's weird right now because that core is transitioning to these young players. You're, you're Trevor, you're Pickens, you're London, you're Pitts, you're Higgins. Like, that's the new core of this team. And I think you're hitting this rough patch as that transition happens. Like, I think there's enough of that young talent here, along with those those aging vets who are still producing that I think this team, you know, has as good a shot at the playoffs as any of this year. Maybe you see those vets fall off a little bit next year, but I think you see that young core continue to ascend, and I think you're right back where you are, kind of almost where, where you've been as, like, this, this like, you know, maybe fringe playoff team whose team's kind of in a weird place. And I think that's just kind of almost your style of team building, where you don't want to do this full teardown you're going to be in this this period of some young guys, some old guys. I'm pretty good, but I'm not great until you hit all of a sudden things go right one year and you hit your 2019-2020 stretch where all the stuff just coalesces and you win back-to-back champion championships. And I think you're just building your team the same way you were then, but you know, not everything's clicking right now, but I think it could be 2 years from now. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Doug. I, I think the reason, too, you feel just disheartened about the team is you are in an absolutely perfect position to sell guys like Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones, but there's no buyer. And I think that kind of just knocks your mood down a bit on the mm-hmm. on the squad. I don't know about that, though, because he needs those guys. If he if he traded those two guys, he the bottom would fall out. He right. would miss the playoffs this year. And I'm saying, like, this. that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm sorry, Mingo, not too confident on your playoff odds as the team looks. And that's why I'm saying you're in that perfect position to trade those two guys. But there's no one there who's going to mm-hmm. grab them. Yeah, you've quietly been doing this for a while. It's kind of what we've talked about. Where And this was the one that had the most emotional impact, but traded guys, Hopkins gone, Mike Evans gone. Um, those kind of pieces, quietly trade them away, and you always, you're kind of turning them into... Um, these younger pieces, these picks that you can use to move up and get your guys, even if you don't have the the draft positioning from your own picks, you have the the ammo from transitioning to go up and get those those guys that you like, and you're hitting on them. 
I would argue that Dalvin and Aaron Jones will have more value this offseason than they do right now. So why move them right now? And that's what it is. I mean, Frazier says, you know, Dalvin and Jones are integral to what this team was trying to do this year. The Kelsey move comes with this sort of lingering idea that maybe four and one was good enough given what was ahead in the big five to, you know, rip the ultimate bandaid off and say, you know, if I can get a player like Kyle Pitts right now for, for, you know, the price, I mean, I thought it was a great trade for both teams, but the insulin pens are taking the short term and the money makers are taking the long term. And if the long term hits, that's 10 years of of top tight end production. So it's this weird mix, uh, like Dan said. I mean, I think he said it perfectly, honestly, maybe even more perfectly than I could have said myself, uh, blinded by my own emotional biases, that there's just a bit of transformation happening that's uncomfortable. It hurts a little bit. There's a new a regime change happening, but the pieces are young and interesting, and you know we'll see what happens in 2023. Maybe it's not 65 percent, but maybe it's 50 50 down the down the line here with the big five teams ahead of me, uh, and we'll see what the money makers can do. So, How much do you hate Arthur Smith? <laughs> oh man, see. I was of the opinion that like Arthur Smith was like, you're, he's doing what he needs to do to win. That fantasy football comment was made with a good heart of like, yeah, we're three and three and our roster's not good. And then you see this week where it's, they're down 28, one points and they throw 13 times. And it's like, well, are you just a fucking idiot then? Like, what are you doing? Why'd you take these guys in the top 10 back to back years? If you're going to run it with fucking Tyler Algier all game. Hey, fucking moron. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> let it out let it out come on that was uncalled for I, this. I know i know all right um well as the money makers deal with their own trepidations the milkers have now taken their spot as the number four team in web and we counted this team out there was a hurricane JT watch JT might've been on the move. We, we may have been a, a one word away from JT not being on this team anymore. And suddenly, suddenly we enter the second half of the season with the milkers as a four and three team with a 1.35 war plus. This is the fourth ranked offense and the sixth ranked defense without TJ watch. So there has been a complete, complete resurgence. This team is back from the dead. We interrupt our regularly scheduled programming for a Channel 3 special report. Good evening. I'm David Barrows. Jonathan Shaw is on assignment. We apologize for our earlier coverage of the so-called Madison riots. Reports coming in now indicate the violence is not restricted to the greater Madison area. What is certain is that this seemingly unexplainable mass hysteria continues to spread throughout the heartland with injuries reported to be in the thousands. And speculation seems to surround the origin of this phenomenon. And theories include an airborne plague, a toxic chemical spill, 
bioterrorism, and even the resurgence of Josh Jacobs. Viewers should be advised that there is no official explanation as of yet. And he's making moves. I loved the the Ramondre sending it, and now it's now it's just it got him through a maybe a little tough part of his his schedule here. Got him a couple wins that he needed, um, and it reminds me a lot of last year where he started out slow, got a little unlucky, um, and really turned it on. And now this year, that middle is far more open because all of these teams are. Um, in transition years like like Mingo and having some bad luck like Caleb. So the middle is far more open for him to go on this win streak and the the big five is far weaker for him to really rip off um, some wins here. Um, it's it's right there for the Milkers. He's not on the level of these these top three teams, but he's got a 80-something percent playoff chance and that's all you need. He's got a realistic chance of sneaking into the three seed with his schedule, um, which would be huge to avoid that wild card game, avoid Dan in the second round. Um, it's right here. It's right here for the milkers for the taking. Milk it. Yeah, this team is actually kind of wild. So we really wrote them off when uh, Dak and TJ Watt got hurt and Jonathan Taylor. Like you wouldn't expect that the, they, they somehow survived it, courtesy of Josh Jacobs, Justin Jefferson, but. Now this team's got Dak back. I'm assuming TJ Watt is back at some point this year. And I think said, he's just eligible to come off of IR this week. He's, okay. They have 21 days to activate him for the active roster now. And so he's, he's coming back. And Jonathan Taylor has been not good through all of this, too. So this team could could really rattle some cages. Jonathan Taylor is the only player on this team not performing right now, it feels like. Yeah. And if that changes, like, this team is hot. It's getting healthy. Like, honestly, I think this is one of the scariest teams at web right now. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, the top-end talent, the pop-off ability here from its players. And then the, the great thing is, like, sure, he doesn't have picks, but, like, every single player on this team is young. Like, all of them. Yep. This is a young, talented team. And honestly, I feel with that Ramondre trade, all of a sudden the depth looks a lot better. Like if if JT starts starts playing like JT, we know JT can. All of a sudden, you have one of the youngest, sexiest, uh, three-headed monsters in the league right here with uh, JT, Josh Jacobs, and Ramondre Stevenson. Like Damian Harris was back this week, and Ramondre was the guy. Like if that continues, this team is. I think this team has a decent chance at the three seed with the big five schedule it has. And it's going to be a scary out in the playoffs. Exactly what we said going into the year. I mean, it was like, this is the year put up or shut up. We're even talking about, you know, maybe if it doesn't work out again, maybe there's some roster construction concerns here because we just hadn't seen it yet. But now you see what happens when a roster with Justin Jefferson, Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, I mean, everything is sort of coming together for him. All of these pieces that he has assembled over the last two or three years are finally starting to pay off uh, for him. And, you know, Josh Jacobs covering the the load while Jonathan Taylor's figuring out some stuff. I mean, it's all it's all working for him right now. So it's I he's got a huge ceiling, man. I mean, the team is still somehow figuring things out heading into the second half. And now we're seeing the potential here uh, with a season high of 202.88 uh, from him uh, in week seven. 
I gotta you weren't know. kidding. Najee really is older than Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I, I wasn't kidding. I thought you were just exaggerating. I'm oh. <laughs> literally. <laughs> uh, I also need to know: Did anyone pick Josh Jacobs as his web factor at the start of the season? Because I feel like he's just been the literally the definition of web factor. Yeah, I I don't remember if we did, but somebody had to have because he I mean he was that I mean people had written him off. He was like this almost a guy that you didn't even really want to have or you didn't want anything to do with, and now he's the guy again here. So making every all these uh, analysts, myself included, look like fucking idiots for thinking that he was washed at 24 years old. Also, throughout, hopefully this team's getting Kelvin Ridley back next year. That's just another yeah. yep. piece to throw back into the mix. Crazy. Or a trade piece. Go, Kelvin. Honestly, that Kelvin Ridley, that could be an interesting piece for uh, these 2023 teams. That's the guy that Carter needs to go. I know that. one yes, team that guy. loves Kelvin Ridley. Colin, that might... Alan, <laughs> make it happen. You need that. Put the, you need a wide receiver one. Go get him. Seek it into existence. Yeah. The pot, the pot is magic. <laughs> um, all right. Let's move in to what I'm going to call the upper echelon of the league. Maybe there's even another tier after this team, but he's amongst some of the best teams we've ever seen in web. It's just being overshadowed by two teams that are trying to break records. That is the boys. Uh, five and two right now with a 5.84 war plus huge jump from these teams, uh, beneath him. He's the third ranked offense and the second ranked defense right now. And the only thing wrong right now is the quarterback. He's a scary team man, but he's missing the head of the table. He's a little bit like. The Headless Horseman. picture this might need to be the year for dave because you got these teams with all these picks coming up one of them maybe multiple teams could send it um unfortunately you have these two behemoths uh here sitting at the table with me above them um that have the edge so far this year um it's a it's scary times for dave the team is older Still elite. It had a little bit of a hiccup last year. Maybe we're overlooked it a little bit going into this year. Um, but he's back, and I think it, he's got to do whatever it takes this year to fill up these holes, quarterback, um, add anything where he can with anything he can. Maybe he can make some sort of even like little moves, like what what uh, I was going to say what Tim just did with getting Brian Burns, but I don't even think he has those types of players like the Phillips and the Walker to pull that off. But 
I think it's this. It's got to be this year for Dave, um, and he's got to he's got to do some patchwork to give it his best shot. He's got to make sure he locks up that three seed for sure. Yeah, I agree. This is definitely his send it year, so you might as well just rip it and see what happens. I mean, he's already he's already a great team, so you might as well just try to shore it up a little bit more. Like Dave's quarterback situation right now is just like the epitome of the entire NFL. Like, there's just not good quarterback play this year. We're watching so much bad football, and like score, like web scoring's down. Like it's just, I don't know if the numbers reflected as much because of some of these higher scoring teams, but like, it's just ugly. Like the scoring games are just like not good this year, and it's because quarterback play sucks, which puts Dave in a really tough spot. I don't know if there is a move to improve his quarterback position. Yeah, he has nothing to spend, and that's why it's just got to be Geno. Give Geno a shot. Well, that's I mean, the th- oh, and what, burn up first. Who's he going to go get? Well, what are the options? Like, what options are realistically available that could be an upgrade? There's, I mean, there's Geno, but uh, what else is there? What else can he make a move for that he can confidently say, I'm going to start over Matthew Stafford or Ryan Tannehill for the rest of the year? How bad does Caleb want to sell? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just thought of something. I I don't know if he has the ammo to pull it off, but I was going to say uh, Deshaun Watson. That's not sneaky. A... It is sneaky, but it's like sneaky. maybe Colin, because Colin traded for him pretty early when this was all unfolding. Maybe Colin is sick of this guy having him on the team. Do you I think feel like Dave never would have him though? You've had him this long. You got to see what happens. On, so. on... That's true, but. You're talking about branding here. I don't think Deshaun Watson ever sees Dave's team. I'm just spitballing. What are you going to get? This guy hasn't played football in two years. How do you know that's not? Like, how do, how do you have any confidence that's an upgrade for the rest of this uh, It's Because he's averaging, like, nine points at quarterback. <laughs> Dude. I, I don't know. Nine, what was it? Twelve? Going into this week, and he just dropped like a three with Tannehill. It's down to like nine. <laughs> Something's got to happen. But you telling me you feel confident that Geno Smith I would, is the answer? I think, I mean, Geno might be the only thing he can afford. Um, I think I, the Deshaun Watson I was just, came to my head. I don't think he could. I don't know if, I don't know where Colin's at with if he would want to trade him. Um, and I don't think Dave would have the ammo, but that would be just an interesting one where we talk about people who could instantly upgrade him this year. I mean, it's a risk, but he might need to take a risk at this point. Like, would you sell Deshaun Watson for a second? Dave's got a second. Paid a high second to bring him in. Paid a high second. And we're here now. So That's, that's the only scenario where it works is if Colin and I would think that this would have made, would have leaked by now if he was just, disgusted with him and wanted him off his team, I feel like it probably would have happened already. Um, but that's the only way this would work. And then Dave would need to want him and put his morals aside, which probably not going to happen. Yeah, I just don't know what other moves out there for him. That's the thing, man. Quarterbacks are terrible this year. Mm-hmm. And I oh. just, I don't know. I mean, Dan- Daniel Jones off the wire would have been an upgrade. And now that's not... Now he's the quarterback of the future for Gary Wilson, Batman. But um, like the only other team with quarterbacks to burn is Tim. 
and and he's not gonna do that it. just feels yeah i don't see that happening i, I wouldn't so spiteful. I, w- I wouldn't go to help dave i know at this point nor would i expect you to so i feel like you got the cornerback market a bit cornered and the rest of the options are pretty bad so maybe we just gotta hope that stanford figures it out i don't know but yeah, he survived this week. He was down Cup. He was down AJ Brown. CMC got traded to the 49ers. So that's interesting. He was coming in. He played this week. He started him this week. So a lot of weirdness in the lineup. Guys out, new faces, new places, all that. Uh, it was a weird week, 165, but he, he fights off the Keel Pros uh, and back in business for week eight and beyond. So we'll see what he chooses to do in the face of a league that contains two behemoths. And we're starting with the one in the pack five. That is the insulin pens, baby. Tim, seven games in mid-season, you're here. You're six and one. You got an eight, a plus eight war plus. You're the number two scoring offense and the number one scoring defense. Be honest. Did you expect to be in this position halfway through the season? This is precisely where I anticipated being. There you like go. I, truthfully, like screw screw dance team. It pisses me off so much. <laughs> but yeah, this is pretty squarely where I anticipated it to be. I love it. You love being in second place. I mean, I would love it more if I was in first, but. Well, actually, I I have uh you you've played the villain role pretty well all year. You've really bought in on this whole run, and you you haven't taken any prisoners this year. You're embracing it, and I have uh I actually have some footage here of the the game with the rebels this week, the pens and the rebels. Let's roll. Let's roll it. Scary to watch. I feel bad for everybody. I feel bad for Josh's kids. (laughs) (laughs) Father of two. Dad had to to tell him what happened this week. Man. (laughs) Um. Well, first of all, I mean, you you've built an incredible roster here, but you didn't stop. You brought in an absolutely game-changing piece, one that over the second half of the season may even continue to close this gap between you and the pirate crew. Travis Kelsey, talk us through 
the trade? I mean, what what was it? Kyle Pitts is gone, your number two pick from not that long ago. You ship him out, you bring in a former MVP and a legend. What was that like for you? That went on for four days, and I know what it looked like on my side, but where were you at over that but period it, of time? It, it took me a few weeks to get to the point where I was like, you know what, I'm here. I I just need to go for it. Screw it. Like, I need points now. I'm trying to figure out ways to like kind of close that gap, and that was the most obvious move. And it worked. It benefited me because I'm just so committed to WebEx this year benefits you because you're in the spot you're in and you get the Kyle Pitts ticket. And if he is good, you have Travis Kelsey again for the next X amount of years. So it was this perfect storm of getting things to happen and just close that gap that I have with uh, Dan. But yeah. It was, it was, I mean, four days I knew you, I knew what you were doing. I knew it was, it wasn't going to be a snap decision from you. So I was actually it, impressed. It only took four days. That had to be a hands off. Uh, type of negotiation on your end and I'm impressed you stayed to it yeah, yeah it was just it was I think I checked in each day but like it wasn't a it was just like just like how I sell cars it was very patient and that's how I knew you wanted it mm-hmm. you weren't bugging me you were like hey just checking in how's it going and I'm like this fucker wants me to press accept so fucking bad right now <laughs> <laughs> I was just staring at that roster because I, I have Travis Kelsey on a different team in, in sleeper so every time I get those notifications on Sunday I was just like I need it on my team like I do like I needed Mingo to be in this the spot he's in for it to happen and just like that killer instinct we were talking about before gotta pounce when the when the blood starts flowing Mr. Pyrocrew what do you think about what's going on over there with the insulin pens? I think he's put together an awesome team. Like, I think, I mean, you look at this roster last year, just in the last 365 days, and like, it is, you know, it's it's unre- truly unrecognizable. Um, this is, you know, one of the best teams Webb's seen. Um, I think some of the, I think we've seen some development out of Tim as an owner. He's had some of these draft hits like Amon Ra, Damian Pierce, Micah, um, some some good value trades like going out and getting Saquon. Um, like all those have been, I think, great moves. I mean, he's had his, he's had his misses, you know, uh, but that that's what happens when you take risks. So I think he's he's done a good job of taking his assets, building a great team. Um, I guess I, my, my questions about this team aren't really related to this year it's i'm i think it's gonna be a great team it's gonna be a slugfest in the playoffs the rest of the season i'm i guess what i'm curious to see is how tim builds on or sustains the success oh like, it's gonna I, be fun <laughs> yeah i'm just i'm just curious like i'm genuinely curious where this team goes like I, you're gonna run it back next year like for sure uh, mm-hmm. but like after that i'm curious like do we see the patented tim just like this like two year window and then just completely torch it? Or do you feel like you got enough talent built up here that like you can try to like kind of sustain some success? Because like that's not something we've ever seen out of you to this point. So I'm kinda curious what's gonna happen. You're gonna you're gonna love this answer then. I'm gonna keep it I'm gonna keep it one hundred with you. I have not once thought about next year. <laughs> I love it. This I love that. I do purely I want the belt this year. I'm just I'm going for it. It'll be a great story if it happens. I just, I want it. I mean, yeah. sometimes that's what it takes. I respect it. Yeah. Just 
out of spite almost. You're like, Dan's so far ahead of everyone. I have the ammo. I'm doing it. I want to win this. Even if it is completely dumb to try to compete with them, sending it. There were points in this entire process like, why did I do this? Like, I knew dancing was was incredible. Like, why why did I go for it? I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Someone's going to do it. I might as well do it. The Travis Kelsey piece was the final. That's why, even though you trade your number two overall pick from last year, the guy that you envisioned being in your spot for 10 years, um, that was the piece that I think closed this to where you could say this is a coin flip game with these two teams when they're head-to-head at their best. Um, and that was the easy, like you mentioned, the easiest way to make up that points gap was right there, and you did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not to, I mean, two, and I'm going to, I'm going to hype up and I don't want to bash two players, but I think I'm just hyping up. I don't know. If Stefan Diggs and Tyreek Hill aren't having like historically great seasons, it's a little closer. It's, it's obviously close to that point, but those guys are just nuts right now. And that's, that's a big gap there. Well, let's so talk about cool it. Off. Yeah. Let's talk about it because the insulin pens close the gap a little bit here. Great team. Uh, historically historically great team with an eight war plus right now and still almost three three behind the pirate crew right now who enters the second half of the season with a just shy of an 11 war plus 0.01 away from an 11 war plus seven and oh the number one offense and the number four defense for the pirate crew. So obviously, you know, the first half of last year looked very similar to this, but it was week seven where things shifted a bit with the Derrick Henry injury so far. So good. And I'm knocking on wood. Don't worry about it. It's been Pretty clean. DK goes down, but worst case scenario was avoided this week for him. That's really been about it for this team through the first half of the year. So where the team got a little bit, you know, inconsistent up and down over the back half of 2021, what do we expect from the Pyro crew in the back half of 2022? Can he do the damn thing? and become the second 14-0 team in web history? I think it's, like, very likely. That's <laughs> right. It's, what conference is he playing in? Oh, yeah. Like, it would it. Be, I would be shocked if he didn't. Yeah. And like we talked about with this team, that there's not as much, like, last year built on the that start was powered by the defense. This year it's more so the offense powering it. Feels more sustainable. Um, even if DK would have went down, it feels like those injuries he can sustain this year. Um, running back is way more stable than it was last year when Derrick Henry went down. If he went down tomorrow, it would not be a, as big of a deal for this team as it was last year. Um, just overall, still just as elite and more steady. I think he completes the 14-0, and um, locks up the one seed, and I am going to very much enjoy this this battle with Tim. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this about Dan Seaman. It's, it's fucking terrifying, and I hate it. 
I do think he will go undefeated. I mean, I if it was going to be a loss, I think it was going to be Dave or I. However, this week proved that, you know, Dan can also score 170. <laughs> it just might not mm-hmm. happen as much as the rest of us, but it's there. It's possible. So he, somebody could, like I said before with uh, Parker, Blind Squirrel finds a nut. Somebody might do it. Somebody did it last year. It just happened to be fucking Colin. So who knows? But I think if he lost, it would have happened by now. Man, it's kind of weird. It's a little bit weird. Uh, the trajectory of this team this year compared to last year, week seven, like I said, this was the first time last year that this team stumbled 171. Get the same thing this year, 177. The difference is he gets a win in this one as opposed to last year, which was his first loss of the season. He was averaging 20 points per game more last year at this time, which kind of puts it into perspective, doesn't it? Where it feels like the league is shut down this year, and that has a lot to do with the scoring the re- around the rest of the league. Uh, but, you know, 20 points per game better last year, kind of strange. But um, it has been a true return from an icon. Uh, we go all the way back. It's been a motif all season of the parallels between the first season of Webb in 2013 and now the 10th season of Webb. As we move into the second decade, we see all these teams sort of returning to where they started, and nobody embodies that more than the Pirate crew this year because 2013, we were all so afraid of this team that we forced him to give up his players against his will, uh, not technically against his will, That's but his idea. he bit the bullet and he, the league survived because of that. And now we have reached the same damn point 10 years or nine years later where the league is so fucking scared of this guy that he's a lot like Michael Myers returning to Haddonfield ready for one last butchering. And he's just sitting there looking. That that that, that <laughs> third movie sucked, by the way. Terrible. The new one. New one, terrible. Um, I just watched the original. Still top three ever. So here's what I feel like the difference is between my team last year and this year. Last year, first half of the season, I felt like I had a team that was hot. This year, I don't necessarily know if it's completely hit its stride yet. Like there's been some weird things happening on the defense, like some injuries, a lot of weeks where I'm having guys not play full, full games. Um, like we've had a great start out of the wide receivers and I don't know, but like the, there's going to be that week yet where it hasn't all come together yet. And I'm hoping it will, but I don't know. Last year, like I said, I just felt like I had a team that was hot. This year, I just feel like my team is like actually just this good, not just hot. Um, it feels it just from my perspective, it just feels more sustainable based on where the production's coming from. Um, it hasn't even necessarily been like just like huge pop off weeks out of players. It's just been like consistent production from a lot of key guys and i haven't even seen honestly a ton of pop-off weeks yet from some of these players and kind of hope it's coming 
yeah, one of the I, things in the second half. You're you're kind of right about that. Like earlier this season, Joe was talking to you about our our squads, and you you did make the point. I I do agree with it. If they're the stars align, and if there was ever teams that would do it or a team that would do it, three hundred could be within reach. And if your guys all just stars align, you pop off. It's there all day. You know what's nutty? The record's like 283 or something. You would think that would have been last year or this year. That was three years ago. That was pre-IDP buffs. How did that even happen? <laughs> like, if that kind of game happened now, like, that that score would be well in the 300s with that kind of same performance. Mm-hmm. But I'm not saying it's going to happen, but, like... Be the if, if, if it was, like, I feel like this I would be like the time. I feel like I got another gear. I want that just so I can be Mr. 300. <laughs> How about the? I mean, it's on the theme of going back to the beginning, the two twenty-eight point two in the first ever week in Webb's history—that's still unbelievable. Because <laughs> that wasn't—we had two less defensive spots. We, it was like <laughs> the nobody even sniffed that like one sixty-two. Right. Yeah. So that was that wasn't PPR. That wasn't quarterback buffs. That wasn't defensive oh, buffs. That's, nope. That was just. Straight that was, up. That, that might pure. be the most impressive score in, in the web ever. I'm pretty sure that week alone is what caused the Dan draft. Even though the 13 weeks after that were like good but normal, I feel like everyone just remembered that first game and they were yeah. like, we can't compete with this. <laughs> Wasn't that Peyton Manning's like seven touchdown week? I think so. <laughs> yeah, but I agree. I think this team has another gear. A lot of that is with the defense too. I mean, it's fourth ranked defense right now. We've, you know, Got some you know, 105 on there, but generally it's been fairly down. I mean, the 70s has been kind of normal this year, and that wasn't the case last year. So you get 20 more points there, then, yeah, you're right back to where you were last year. That's it. That's it. That's the first half of Web X and... As you can tell by the War Plus numbers right now, the league has segmented itself into these weird little groups of you know fun, and some teams in the middle are maybe not having a lot of fun, but they technically still have a chance. Uh, but the teams at the top are the ones living the dream right now. So uh, wrapping it up, no Week 8 lightning round. Instead, we get predictions, baby. You know it's coming. We're doing championship game predictions, championship winner, and then MVP and defensive player of the year. So I will start with Frazier. What do you got? MVP is tough because you want to take one off these two teams, but they're both so well-rounded that I don't know who to pick off of either one. Um, so I'm going to make a real prediction. I'm going to do a fun one on a team that's currently not in playoff position that I think if I had to vote today, I would really consider them still. Um, my prediction is going to be, I think Saquon's really going to turn it even higher than what he has down the stretch here. Um, and I think the elite running back on one of these two teams is probably going to be the 
the leader in the MVP race. Um, right now, even though Caleb's out of playoff contention, Josh Allen has saved this team from being him being almost near like Colin. Um, so I think right now that that Josh Allen has kept this team four and three. I just need to get him a shout out. Um, oh yeah, other ones. <laughs> Depoy. <laughs> what are we doing? Depoy and and what? And championship game and winner. Oh, okay. Uh, Depoy. I'm taking uh, Micah Parsons pretty easily. The fact that he is still putting up enough like sack numbers and the fact that he's not even like rushing the passer every snap. He's still doing like other things is ridiculous. Um, shout out Max Crosby, but Micah Parsons is my Depoy pick championship. It's got to be these two. I think I had these two in my original one. And in my original one, I picked Tim, so I'm going to stick to it. So the year, what a story. Oh, man. Papoose, give All it right. to me. My MVP, I was strongly considering Josh Allen. I'm like, you know what? Somebody else is going to take Josh Allen. I'm going to pick a different fun one. And I'm going to go with a gentleman who has been smoking hot the last few weeks. I'm going to go with Austin Eckler. I think he, that team is kind of carrying Dave's offense a little bit. He's going to keep it up, and it's going to put him in a good position. Um, Depoy, for all the reasons already listed, Micah Parsons. I love him so much. Um, but yeah, championship, me and the crew. Um, I am going to be real. I'm going to jinx myself, and I am destined to become the most insufferable champion you've ever seen in your life. Can't wait. uh dan what do you think so if caleb makes the playoffs it's josh allen and i think it's not close because if he makes the playoffs it is 100 percent because of josh allen Mm -hmm. uh don't think that's gonna happen which i think is gonna make it tough for josh allen to win that award uh, and if Josh Allen can't win it, uh, how about his wide receiver, Stefan Diggs? Uh, he's on pace for a historic year. He's still the wide receiver one, even after having his bye. Um, I'm going to go, go Stefan Diggs for MVP. If I was voting today, that would be my pick, too. With Caleb currently out of the playoffs. If uh, Defensive Player of the Year... Um, I gotta give a shout out to my boy Matt, Matt Judon, uh, who was like half a point behind Micah Parsons in scoring. Um, but uh, defense player of the year right now is uh, Roquan Smith. Um, back to back, he's just putting up monster numbers every single week. Uh, the Bears defense is on the field a lot. Uh, he's making plays every single week. Um, so Roquan Smith. Uh, and then, I guess me versus the feels like a lock for the championship game, so uh, I'm going to go with Josh over Kelvin. <laughs> Dude, I can't... What was, that, what was that here again. with Mingo and I? I don't know. Where was, yeah, where Josh. was Josh, Josh Carter? Oh, don't, don't, make, don't make that happen again. There to was me. that yeah, year, no, and there was no. 2014. 2014. Yep. Undefeat Frazier, and then one of the hottest teams Webb's ever seen both get bounced in the first round by... Oh, that's right. Yeah, that one too. Good God! Like that, dude. It can happen. This can totally happen. Actually, no, it can't happen. We both can't get bounced in the first round. Neither of us can. 
one seed. We lock up the one two seeds so and we'll get bounced in the first round. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, baby. Second like round. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. MVP. I'm going with Justin Jefferson because I think he's going to explode down the stretch, lock up the Milkers, a playoff spot, and we're going to be talking about him quite a bit through the second half. Defensive player of the year, Micah Parsons, it's got to be. Narrowly missed it last year as a rookie. He's, he's doing the damn thing again. Championship game, man. I, want, I picked Dave, I think, in the preseason. I want to do it because we said it it's his last ride but i pens and the pirate crew is fucking written in the stars man and it's gotta happen so i'm go. that's what i'm going with and i am going to take because the storybook would tell you that the pens get their first one i'm taking the pirate crew back to back baby and there it is webex Midseason spooktacular number three in the books. Two about two hours of web fun. And <laughs> it's seven more games of pain for a lot of us and <laughs> seven more games of fun for a few. So everybody said what. that with a smile. This uh this championship matchup, if we if we get it, would be an all-time TV ratings for Webb. I don't know if it would ever be topped. We have to. We would, would we have to do that someday in person, Tim? Hell yeah! yeah There's yeah. no other way. That's Webb has I, to get together. I if it happens. would hate if I had to. I'd rather you guys be chirping me while I suffer than suffer alone on my couch. <laughs> <laughs> That's when things get dark when you're just <laughs> in your own thoughts. I wouldn't I wouldn't do well. All right. Well, another fun midseason special. Thank you to the faces of Web, the bitter rivals, Dan and Tim, for meeting up, confronting one another on the midseason special. Thanks for coming on. You guys were great. And Frage. Thanks for another great year of fun. Caleb, thanks for fucking missing your eighth straight midseason special. <laughs> um and yeah. Stinks. <laughs> well I, I didn't say I didn't say it. I didn't say it. But <laughs> we <laughs> knock it off. Stop it. We <laughs> we will be back. For week eight, back to normal next week to start off the second half and continue the conference slate of games. And until that point, everybody make it a great week.